We are on a mission, a mission to save and revitalize independent pharmacy. On the Catalyst podcast, we dive into current events that are shaping how pharmacists approach their patients and their businesses. Fuel your passion for pharmacy one conversation at a time. Three, two, one, zero. Ignition. Welcome to the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Key, president of Pioneer X, and today I'm here with Mark and Josh. Hi, I'm Mark Bivens, Vice President of Sales for Pioneer. Hi, I'm Josh Allen, Vice President of Clinical Strategy. Today we're here with our first repeat guest, Ranan Ching, who runs Terrytown Pharmacy in Austin, Texas. So what are we looking at here? What is what is this? What's this background? Brandon and I are in the jungle. Yeah, it looks like that. Well, you're like, like behind I, I, some steps. Yeah, I went to like, I don't know. I haven't really used this. It, there was like a together <laughs> mode and I was like, I was trying to see if I could see all of y'all, but. Oh, that's okay. funny. It replaces whoever's talking dynamically. That's, that's, that's oh, very that's interesting. So, <laughs> so awesome. I feel like I should hold a baby lion up. I should, <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, oh, I'm not I'm not dressed for the jungle here. <laughs> I'm not dressed right, for right. the jungle. I've, well, Randy, you're I one know. of the few repeats, honestly. Yeah. I think you're the Maybe only. Maybe the first repeat. Is this a repeat? Yeah. yeah. No, like, yeah, this is the first one. Yeah, you weren't here for the first Randon one. Um, this yeah. is when he was in the middle of, back when he came on before, he was in the middle of testing, like, I don't know, 5,000 people a week. At the yeah. Time. yeah. Like, everybody. It was crazy. Yeah. But, no, it's good to see all you guys. And then, like, yeah. Jeff, welcome. It's it's fun to talk to Mark and Josh and to y'all and looking forward to it. So thanks for having me back. I Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, Brandon mentioned, he was like, I think you're one of the only repeats and I'm honored. So thank you. Yeah. Brandon's so nice. We had him on twice. So the last one was a beta. Beta. <laughs> right, beta. We had beta. We had beta random yeah. first. Uh-huh. Exactly. And so when this yeah, one comes out, we're eradicating that one from the web. Is that? Is that? No, no, no. Yeah, no. You it know, was so good. Brandon, you're the only one we've had to do over. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Everyone else, they did one take and then me, I got to I got warm up. That's right. He was. Yeah. Uh, Madison, let me know. Yeah. He was our Christmas episode. Remember oh, we yeah. had the he had the oh, uh, he had nice. the nutcracker and I think I did yeah yeah and this really badass wall behind him full of yeah. degrees and oh, accomplishments yeah. and it made us oh, yeah. all feel bad he was he was trading hey. on his <laughs> wife's credentials that's it right. was yeah that's our uh, yeah that's my wife's work from home office and she had all of her degrees just rolled up in the little can and she hadn't even framed them and then it was like you know like a magician we kept pulling out degrees out of her like stock and so where did this one come from it was awesome <laughs> i didn't know you were an astronaut right 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 oh, yeah man. she was like oh yeah i forgot about that <laughs> so what the world's going on in austin i am um ooh, i mean a lot actually and yeah. so before we talked you know we talked testing for sure and mm-hmm. we talked vaccines um and so that was even before the first vaccine got released and so there's kind of a lot of updates and actually i'm really curious to see what you guys have to say about it. Um, but first off, I would say with testing, we've seen just a huge drop off of demand for testing and right. just, I mean, all over you're seeing people shut down their testing areas. And even for us, we've really throttled back testing quite a bit. We still do enough um, at our central pharmacy to keep it going. But I mean, we used to have five or six locations across Austin. And now we're starting to consolidate them back to just our main pharmacy. So I think that's an interesting trend that we've seen. I don't know if it's like pandemic fatigue or now that we have the vaccine um yeah basically after new year's i mean i mean we were we got crushed in a good way uh christmas and new year's and then spring break but beyond that after new year's it kind of dropped off quite a bit is that the whole like holidays people gather 
Yes. I've got yeah. a sniffle now. Let's go get tested. Or, or was that yeah. preventative? Or, was it, or, I want to see yeah, grandma, and so I want to get a test before. That's yeah. good point. Right. That's good well, point. we saw that when, um, I think it was the week before Christmas, when you and I went to lunch, there was a, there's a little like 24-hour urgent care place, and there was like a line around the, the building, and I think it was preventive. Oh, all preventive. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see grandma, and I don't want to get grandma sick kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yep. did that. That's true. Yeah. And so have you guys seen the same kind of thing with te- or with vaccines? We actually have too. Actually, I was that's actually probably the biggest development that I've kind of stumbled upon the last probably two weeks is that starting in March, we did this huge um, cross-state vaccine um, push. Uh, and I'll, I'll talk to you all a bunch about it later. But I mean, we went out there and did probably like thirteen to 15,000 uh, COVID vaccines. And we gave them all to like IDD patients, which are intellectual and developmentally oh. disabled patients wow. or special needs patients. And um, it was crazy. Like demand was huge. Uh, we went like literally from El Paso to Dallas to San Antonio to Laredo to Lubbock to Amarillo to Mejia, Brownwood, like literally all oh, over the smokes. state of Texas. We went to 37 different cities across Texas in a matter of three and a half weeks. Um, And I mean, demand was still really, really big. And then we got another contract to immunize the Special Olympics of Texas. Um, Like through our last one, we spoke with all the leadership at uh, SOTX. And the past two weeks, we've been doing, um, you know, maybe like 15 clinics around uh, the state. And I mean, demand has pretty much fallen off a cliff. Like, you know, the numbers that they originally estimated for us were much you know, lower than what they actually came out. And then I don't know if it was the Johnson and Johnson also being withdrawn yeah. as well, but right. um, I mean, I'm kind of curious to see what you guys think, but I talked to you know, UT health, the university of Texas health mm-hmm. yesterday, we picked up some doses from them and they said, I mean, their appointments are down 70%. You know, they mm-hmm. used to be doing three, 4,000 uh, shots a day. Now they're down to a thousand. And the lady who was in charge of their vaccine program said, I'm going to stop ordering vaccines because I've got so many that I don't want them to expire. And so um, I'm a l- little afraid that we've hit, you know, the 50 percent of folks that wanted the vaccine. And now we're going to have to really start educating and hitting those people that are a little bit more on the fence or don't want the right. mRNA technology. But what do you all think? Yeah, uh, I, I think there's a person in the middle. Mm, yeah. Right. So you have the people who wanted it and have the um, the assertiveness to go out and find it, right? Mm-hmm. To go find the websites I got to try and to do those kind of things, you know. Um, and I think that's a middle. I think now we're down to there are some people out there who want it and just don't know really how mm-hmm. to go get it. And, yeah. and if you came to their work and you said, hey, we've got shots, come down the hall and get it, they'd, they'd come on down the hall. And so they're not opposed to getting it. They just don't want it enough to Seek to go to your website mm-hmm. and figure out how to do right. it or figure out where, where do wait, I get Wait in it? line or where do I park? And yeah, Right, yeah. and, and well, where to yeah. get it. And, and to a degree, there, there's probably a lot of people like – what Rannon and the guys just did across Texas where there's a lot of people who would get it, want to get it and don't have a good mm-hmm. place to go to get it. You it's know, true. like in Dallas or in Texas, we did this deal where you just put it in all these mass vaccine clinics, which were great for people with cars. That's true. If you don't have a car, it's hard to get to Texas motor speedway. Right. Yeah. You know? That's true. And you, I think you talked to somebody too, that saw first dose appointments drop. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, so super um, sharp. I'm on a, an email chain with Rannon, um, Scott Pace, and Mark oh, yeah. Rose, okay. and both Scott and and Mark mm-hmm. had significant drops in first appointments. Did some of that coincide with the J and J? Did you did the J and J freeze or whatever? Yeah, I, it had to have. Mm-hmm. I mean, they yeah, didn't actually recall so. it. They just said stop giving it. Right. Right. Stop yeah. giving it. Right. Yeah. And pretty much, yeah, exactly two weeks ago because last week. Tuesdays when they told us to put the stop on it. And it was actually interesting because we at the time were just starting off Special Olympics. And luckily, uh, you know, we were about to go on a two week, you know, immunization, you know, trip across Texas. And then all of a sudden they pull out the doses that we were going to use. So within an hour and a half, we coordinated with the state health department and they switched doses to Moderna for us. But even the first couple of days, we had people showing up to our, our drive through events and we had to say, hey, sorry, guys, I don't know if you heard Johnson Johnson, you know, was put on hold, but we're offering the Moderna. And they specifically said, you know what? I was waiting for Johnson Johnson. I'm going to just wait for that. And we uh-huh. had people leave our clinic and say, I don't want the Moderna. We'll come back. So I, I hope it's kind of a combination of, yeah. uh, you know, I think That's people are afraid of the mRNA technology and we just need to educate them on that. But it just I don't know. It just seemed like a lot of faith was shaken and a lot of people truly want Johnson and Johnson and not. Do, yeah. do they want a Johnson Johnson because it's one shot? Single dose. Is that why? You think or are they really good? thinking well, somebody's selling them that the RNA is weird? I, I think, I, I, I mean, I, I, so one of my biggest fears about the, the problems with the J&J was that too, now the Facebook moms groups have a lot of ammo that's not necessarily founded. And there was right. a lot of stuff that was going on around mRNA that it's going to affect your DNA and just worries that weren't scientific in nature at all. Yeah. And I think there was a lot of that. Yeah. And even I had a lot of people talk about, you know, uh, concerns for fertility, like, is it going to affect my fertility for, especially for the younger like women that haven't had kids yet. Um, a lot of my friends, like pretty much every single one of them, you know, they're millennials and like in their you know twenties and they were like, Hey, if I get the shot, does that mean I can still have kids later on? And so having to really educate people about, you know, what the shots mean. I had one of uh, my friends say, well, I heard the mRNA will continually make, you know, the the virus and your body's going to be fighting it for the rest of your life. And a lot of it's just having to educate people about, you know, what they think it means versus what it actually means. Just the amount yeah. of this, like you call it disinformation or whatever, but just that's pumped out there. Right. And maybe mm-hmm. even kind of created in your head. Well, and, and some of it's like it's crazy. Oh, for a lot of people, the last time they talked about mRNA and DNA was probably their sophomore year in high school, right. maybe junior <laughs> year. And so they probably yeah. didn't understand it then, right, if at all. all right. So they're, they're hearing yeah. words and letters that they don't know. And then the first thing that pops up when you go Google it is they're injecting 5G into your <laughs> DNA, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. What, 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 what is for, for some people who are listening. What, can you explain a little bit what the mRNA technology is or how it works or does? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I know Josh knows a lot about it too. And so basically what it does is they, um, MNR, mRNA is basically like the one half of like your DNA double helix. Okay. And so what it does is that it, it actually is almost like a blueprint for your body to take. And when it reads or like, it's almost like a barcode. Once it scans that barcode, it knows the type of protein to generate. So right. it almost starts coding or it's like the building blocks to a, um, creating this spike protein that then your body detects and creates a defense against. And so it's not a lot of people. And I always think back to Spider-Man, you know, when he gets bit by the spider and it shows his DNA and then the spider gets all in that. I think that's a lot of what people are thinking about too. When they hear DNA or RNA, they just think like that's 
at the essence of who you are, like is your DNA. And so for that to affect it or even be a component of it, I think can be, I think Josh kind of hit it on the head of like um, a very like not complete understanding of how the science works, but you, like, you know enough to be dangerous, right? And so yeah. with that being said though, with the RNA, once you your body scans it, creates the protein, it's basically like instead of taking the flu virus and we chop it up in you know, basically like a blender and inject it in a flu shot and then your body sees that and then um, defends, your body basically takes the mRNA, scans it, creates the protein, then they see that and then uh, it bakes the defense and then you, know, you kind of go from there, so. Right, yeah, that's the big thing is like mRNA, all it does is tells your body to make protein and then it's done, right? right? Like it has nothing to do with DNA and that was where that there was misinformation or disinformation campaign around what it does and how it works it's yeah like, mrna technology has been around for a long it's been time around for a while right? right this is the 90s yeah, yeah. this isn't something yeah. they just pulled out of their pocket at, in march of last mm -hmm. year and said yeah. okay. let's do this yeah the technology's yeah. been but but the concept of working on it with with vaccines um isn't that pretty new um it's so it, the technology and research around it's been around a long time. Originally was yep. developed for cancer therapy. So yes, they were 100%. looking at like yeah. developing vaccines toward certain types of cancers that respond well to targeted proteins. It just so happens that it in a pandemic where you have a, a virus that works this way, it translates exactly. Mm -hmm. Right, because they moved off oh, of some cool. other research mm -hmm. to do that this way. Yeah. And now they're talking about being able to make all other kind of a bunch of other vaccines. They're talking about mm -hmm. doing a flu vaccine this way. Right. Yeah. Um, I guess because it's shorter to – is it is it because it comp like allows you to shorten the time it takes to make it so that you can spend more time – I was hearing something around that you could spend more time making sure you're getting the right strands mm -hmm. and less time actually. It's almost – yeah, it's it. almost that, like – right um, it's, it's almost like custom building. Like imagine if you're going uh, fishing and you create like a perfectly sized bait to fit exactly into like the fish's mouth that you want. And so rather mm -hmm. than just trying to pick and choose, I think this fish is going to like it. I think it's like, what if you could like guarantee that when a fish sees something, it's going to grab that bait. It's almost like kind of reverse engineering the same thing, right? If you know that you need your body to create this exact molecule to fight a virus, a cancer cell, and actually um, they're doing a lot of this in the immunology space. So what if you could attack, you know, like for rheumatoid arthritis or have something that can actually work in your own body? So, I mean, it's crazy. So that's why the technology is super exciting. And this is the first like practical application, but it's kind of that idea that you can take exactly what you need to make and, and make it. It's almost like a 3D printer, but for uh, medicine, you know? See, I would be the one driving up saying, I don't want the J&J. &J. Right. You know, I, yeah. I don't yeah. want an attenuated <laughs> right. virus. Um, yeah, you know, the true. whole concept yeah. of a virus, you know, don't give me a virus to solve my virus, even right. though it's designed not to make me sick. Right. That seems way worse than in viruses because viruses last forever. You, know, you get the herpes virus, you get something like that that's in your body forever, never completely goes away. Yeah, that, that's certainly true of the like Zostavax and things like that. And this is where applications like mRNA technology may apply much more readily in the future. But it's like it sucks because COVID was horrible, but this going out and showing that it worked and you get like a 90% response yeah. is huge, right? Like yeah. everybody who's doing mRNA research and like cancer and immunology right now is like, we just had the first practical application not only work, but essentially hit a home run. And very quickly. Right. Yeah, right. It's, it's huge. When do you think we'll start seeing the booster shots? I mean, what do you think, Josh? I think probably end of the year, probably in the late 
probably late fall, early winter, I would say. Um, and the real question is going to be if they're going to change it. Like, is it going to just mm. be another third Moderna dose or are they going to create um, a just a separate compound that's a booster? And that's what I'm not really sure about. Well, but they're talking about seen? they're they're making yeah. a, a modified one that handles the variants. Right. Mm-hmm. So it would have MNRA in it with from a variety of the variants. So if you mm-hmm. imagine that mm-hmm. soup having some for this variant, some for this variant. Yep. And they're they're talking about combining it with the flu shot. I don't yeah. remember whether yeah. that was yeah. Moderna, uh, Moderna was or, talking about Moderna that. was yeah. doing that because Moderna has a flu shot now, not making a flu mRNA virus because they'd have to uh, our vaccine because that would have to go through their approvals through the and, and wouldn't yeah. get emergency. You know that that's yeah, that's going to take three to four years. You're not emergency right. for that, but right. but just taking their regular flu vaccine and putting that M with the um, the Moderna. Mm-hmm. As I think it's a great booster. idea. Yeah. Right. Because think about it, you're going to have to get a, you know, if you have to get another shot or a, or like a jab, as I like to, <laughs> like, another uh, jab? Yeah, European. Like the, yeah. The flu yeah. jab. That's what they say um, in the UK, your jab. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, it's the same thing with the Moderna and J&J. It's like, I mean, if you can go and immunize someone with special needs or intellectual disabilities once and they don't have a car, yeah, you know, they can't communicate. Sure. You have to get consent from your from the guardian or the parent or whatever. Um, yeah, do that once, you know, if you're getting a flu shot, um, get a booster too. So you're, so you're getting to be kind of on the downhill side of this mountain, mm-hmm. right? And um, imagine you worked from some 70, 80 hour weeks and probably employees did too. How, how is your business Three months from now, four months from now, six months from now, how is your business going to be different because this happened than it was, let's say, a year and a half ago? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I mean, yeah, I, just talking to, to y'all and talking to other stores, like, I, 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 I don't know. I'm really interested to see what happens. I think I'm really curious to see what consumer habits are going to be. I'm really curious to see what sticks. Um, like, I never thought, you know, bars – uh, sporting events would come back so quickly, like even like concerts in Austin, like, you know, there was a few concerts that were outdoors and the, you know, with tables and things. And so, um, I'm really curious to see how much of business stays delivery or mail. Um, and I don't know, just like point of care testing, like we're always going to do, like, we're going to always do COVID testing to some extent, even like months, months, like from now, um, I always thought we'd be doing COVID shots, but then again, it's one of those things too. It's like, I, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, but otherwise I feel like it's kind of starting to get back to normal a little bit. Um, but what have y'all seen? Cause I mean, restaurants even and but, everything, but what, just, but what changes like for that. you, what changes because of the relationships you've made, what changes are oh, you going to yeah. do more point of care testing? What, what's yeah. different about your business? Um, yeah. six months from now had this yeah. not happened. Yeah. I think what's different is that we've just made so many good connections and like even yeah. just talking about, um, we were at the uh, Texas Capitol yesterday, like really trying to champion a PBM reform bill. And just, I mean, we had, you know, doctors and senators that mentioned that like, yeah, I use, you know, my local pharmacy, actually Terrytown, you know, for whatever COVID tests or I got my, my prescriptions from them. And so I just think um, we've had so much of a reach within the community that, I mean, you know, there were 60,000 people on our wait list that had no idea who Terrytown Pharmacy was. And, you know, whether they got their shot from us or not, they know us from COVID testing, they know us from COVID vaccines. And so I think the way our business looks is like, how do we leverage the goodwill and um, just kind of brand recognition? And how mm-hmm. do we move forward with that? You know, even talking about, you know, we have so many people that have gotten their vaccine or getting a test from us that aren't our patients. 
I don't know if they'll ever become our patients, but what can we do to leverage that? And I'm, I'm kind of, have any of them become your like. patients? Have you measured actually, any yeah. of that? Yeah, actually I have. So, um, with our COVID vaccine, um, wait list and for when people sign up for the COVID vaccine, I added a, um, basically like a new patient sign up form where people can transfer their scripts. And we've actually seen, um, you know, we would get maybe like, I don't know, like five or 10 transfers, like, you know, every couple of weeks or something to almost having consistently like 10 to 20 transfers a week now. Nice. So just little things like that. Like even after you sign up for a vaccine, the landing page, the thank you landing page is actually my website that says, hey, learn about us. Here's our history. Become a, a patient, transfer right. your prescriptions right. to us. And just trying to capture things that way. Um, and then now think about it too. And I'm curious to see what um, Mark has to say about this is like, I now have a database of 60,000 emails yeah. and phone numbers yeah. and names and what do I do with that, right? I don't want to blow it, but I just started saying like, hey, get 10% yeah, off your vitamins. You really don't. don't. You like, only get yeah. one or two shots at that, right? You also yeah. don't want to robo-dial them. Yeah. I, I, I tell you something I love, and this was a, a scheme that um, Dry Cleaner used in my hometown. And, and that is a, hey, thank you for trusting us with your COVID shot. And if you're happy with your current pharmacy, we encourage you to continue their business. But if you're not, We'd love to see you, you know, and that kind of, so you're not really saying, Hey, 10% off, Hey, come over here, but you're saying, yeah. thank you. You know, yeah. you need a good pharmacy. If you have one, we encourage you to continue their business. And if you don't, we, we, we'd love, and here's how to do it. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. really about framing it in such a way to really just go, you didn't have to pick us, but mm -hmm. thank you. And hopefully you provided them a great experience. And then with those two combinations, you, you might could go back, back to them with an email kind of emphasizing that and, and they go, you know what, let's move, you know? Yeah. You know, it's funny when, when, um, Craig and I went down to visit, um, ran in at Terrytown, we kind of got to see the whole gamut, right? They were doing like a crazy amount of tests at what we saw two different sites, but yeah. you know, the one thing that was consistent, right. They had a bunch of people out there that were happy. They're you know, yeah. hustling out to the car. It was really efficient. I, you know, we saw people come in and out in what, five, six minutes. Like, it was, yeah. it was crazy. <laughs> So it, I find it hard to believe that if they saw that right. and then they went to another place, let's call it CVS, and they waited for 20 minutes and to watch people running around, why would you not go back to that? Right? Yeah. You, you have a, a huge amount of goodwill after having a really positive experience that people were initially afraid of. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a great example. It's an opportunity. Your first really marketing opportunity was how you handled the yeah, the whole experience. Mm -hmm. you did. Yeah, you know, I remember Frances who works for us saying that how how her parents said how how good the experience was mm -hmm. uh, with you guys in getting signed up and just how efficient that was. And that's that's the first piece. Um, mm -hmm. With with some of the you talked about making connections. What did you learn about? I was really I saw a ton of articles. I shared some stuff that was that you guys were in. Um, yeah. around vulnerable populations and, yes. and, and people who couldn't, who want to get it, who couldn't, and, and couldn't get there mm -hmm. to you. what did you learn about, um, you won them and their situation, but the connections it mm -hmm. took to make to, to serve those guys. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, it was probably like one of the most rewarding, like professional rewarding things I've ever done, like ever. Yeah. And I think one thing that was really refreshing to see was just how appreciative people were. And so, um, I mean, 
you know, I'm sure a lot of people have stories about people calling or emailing and, and saying, well, you know, I don't know why my neighbor got, you know, my, my shot from, you know, Pioneer Pharmacy and, um, and, and they're not as deserving as I am. And you just saw a lot of, I call it like, like immunization entitlement. Um, mm-hmm. And when we went, I mean, we immunized. So um, there's IDD group home providers. And so these are wardens of the state. They have, you know, major seizure disorders, severe autism, um, Down syndrome, and a lot of times they're living in group homes that are right. state funded, and they were supposed to be taken care of by the federal program, by those three big chains, right? And it almost felt like, you know, the speech on the battleship, hey guys, mission accomplished, we're out, and then all of these, you know, IDD group home providers were saying, hey, we've got 20,000 patients that you know, I tried calling, you know, these chains to set up appointments and they stopped returning my calls. You know, I'm in Eagle past Texas. Yeah. We had, um, uh, a group home provider say, you know, the big chain took care of my Austin location, my Dallas location, my San Antonio location. I called them asking about Laredo, which is, you know, by the border. I I called about Eagle pass, which is a small town that has less than a thousand people. I started calling about, you know, Victoria and Goliad, Texas. And then all of a sudden those calls stopped rolling in. Right. And so I thought it was very interesting. Um, and I'll probably have my perspective forever changed about a lot of times when we make things, we, we think about, you know, the 85 to 90% of the population that it covers, right? Even the state, the state created this, um, online documentation portal that we had to record all of our vaccines through. And they told us, all right, guys, so when the patient walks up, you're going to ask them these 13 questions, which were like, are you allergic to polysorbate? Um, are you allergic to polyethylene glycol? Um, you know, have you used dermal? Fillers? <laughs> right. I'm literally the person, like, I'm literally got my hands up, like, I don't know. <laughs> right. Like, right. And, and I was like, I know. And they were like, yeah. So when the patient walks up to you, you're going to do that on site. And I was like, these patients don't know their middle name. Yeah. Are you expecting them to say, oh yeah, that's right. I traveled to Italy last week. Like it just doesn't make any sense. And then even what I found too, is we, um, it was just so crazy. I, I just realized how many people were, were overlooked. So not only the IDD population for, you know, um, intellectual disabilities, right. but then also we got a call from, um, the state health department saying, Hey, um, the, the Texas school from the deaf and blind oh, wow. have been having a really hard time getting vaccines. Number one, right. Think about if you're, um, um, someone in the deaf community, you can't call your local pharmacy and ask if they have a vaccine. Right. And right. even if you show up to their, um, uh, to their store, what I found is a lot of uh, deaf folks are ESL, so English as second language, with their first language being you know, sign language. Oh, and right. so, yeah. um, so even if you show up, how, how do you fill out a, um, a, a questionnaire paper form when you can't even read English? All you can do is sign. And so um, it was funny because the state thought it was only like, you know, 80 um, you know, blind and deaf folks that needed the shot. And then when I talked to the school for the deaf, they were like, well, we have, you know, probably 1,200 people Holy in the deaf community so. and students and staff that need it. And then the School for the Blind, they had about 100. And so we gave 1,600 shots to people at the School for the Deaf. And we had, like, interpreters, translators, um, alumni from all over. Like, I mean, we had someone that graduated from the School for the Deaf in the 70s drive to this event because they didn't have anyone that ha- that knew sign language in their hometown. And it was it was crazy. And it just made me wow. realize that there's so many people that we need to think more about that either the government, you know, healthcare insurance companies are completely forgetting about, you know? Well, I mean, I, I was looking through the pictures that you shared with us 
before this and it's like it's just it's nuts right you see you guys all over the place and every time you had your masks off you guys looked super happy yeah right i mean it was i mean it was awesome i mean to be honest like i mean they were hard i mean we were we, for those that haven't seen the pictures we just loaded up four 12 passenger vans loaded up our equipment and had teams of seven to eight and one of my pharmacists um i had lead each team and they did an awesome job but it was Waking up at 5.30 in the morning, driving yeah, to the state health department, picking up doses, driving to the site, setting up our tents. Like, um, it was a lot. But, I mean, it was awesome because when you saw the um, – we also took care of the foster care um, uh, kind of department, too, with all the foster care families. And, like, wow. I mean, wow. families saying that, you know, you know, my son has Down syndrome and I haven't gone to a restaurant in a year. He hasn't left the house because he doesn't know to keep a mask on. Right. How do you explain to someone with Down syndrome right. during yeah. a pandemic, right? right? Um, and so it was just super rewarding. And then, you know, it kind of a, a turn, I, I get this nasty email from a patient yesterday saying, you know, why haven't you sent me an appointment? Like I, I got my appointment somewhere else and I want to get it closer. And I was like, ugh. so kind of, I, I'm <laughs> yeah. old, you're like, dude, I, <laughs> yeah, I know. And I was like, literally like someone just drove their like, you know, special needs son, like, you know, 45 minutes yeah. to go get taken care right. of or you know a deaf community member drove an hour to get their shot because you know and they were super grateful and so it was really hard kind of like coming back to the private sector in the sense that um i mean we're we're all customer focused you know 100 yeah. percent. like we have we know our patients have high expectations and we're going to meet them but it was just nice to be appreciated <laughs> <for> yeah. <a laughs> yeah. um moving a little bit to the uh you kind of bumped on the uh texas um, oh, legislation PBM reform? that yeah. PBM reform, uh, reform. Yes. <laughs> could you, <laughs> could you uh -oh. hit a couple of, oops, could you, hit a, could you hit a couple of those, uh, kind of what the, what the main uh, the right. bullet points are for that, um, legislation? Yeah. And it's huge. And I want to get y'all's opinions too, because it, it uh, completely directly relates to like pioneer and how like y'all serve all of these independents. And so, um, it's Senate bill two one nine five and it's, um, authored by her name's Senator Colcorst. Um, she, her district's in Brenham, Texas, and she's the chairwoman of the health and human services committee, which is huge. Wow, so that's, that's good. That it's great. And so yesterday, um, they presented it in committee and, it was crazy. Like I haven't really sat in the gallery too many times at the Capitol, but I've never seen senators latch on to these concepts. And so Bill has three big provisions. Number one is basically protection against DIR fees. Um, again, DIR fees are federal with federal. Medicare Part D, right. but Texas is wanting, or like basically we're as, um, also, if y'all don't know, I'm on the board of Texas Pharmacy Association, and this is the bill that we um, are super supportive of. And so, number one, we want to make sure that we protect against DAR fees in state-run um, commercial plans. So just Blue Cross Blue Shield of oh, Texas, okay, like yeah. the teacher retirement, because what happens in federal always trickles down to the state, right? right? So we can't change federal Medicare Part D, but we can try to protect against these other insurances doing the same thing, right? Because then we're getting hit from all angles. Right. So number one is protection against DAR fees from Medicaid and state um, uh, run insurance plans or just any insurances in the state. Number two, big piece is anti-steerage. So right now, a lot of insurance companies will force you to use, you know, right, you know, your specialty pharmacy, your or even 
um, you know, a network, like, quote unquote, yeah, in network, network, right? Exactly. Like, or like there's some plans that now instead of opting out, they just say you have to use CVS. Like you right. can't opt out. Like you have to. There's no other option. Um, and then big piece is specialty. So y'all like that. Yeah. So the specialty anti-steerage as well. So not being forced to get URAC accredited, not being forced to have all oh, of these wow. um, network exclusions. Um, and then also protecting, allowing us to deliver in mail because a lot of times those were built in contracts that, you know, because you're not a mail order pharmacy, you can't mail prescriptions. Well, we're in a pandemic. Of course, we're going to mail prescriptions. And so right. um, those were the three or four big pro provisions. And um, our, our lobbyist said it today. He's never seen something in the last 10 years or even probably in his experience as a lobbyist that was presented in committee yesterday morning. And they voted to pass it to the Senate or basically pass it out of committee the same day. Oh, wow. um, and it was huge. And so we have a lot of... Um, good will and momentum behind this. And we actually caught the PBMs kind of a little bit off guard, which was good, but now we're, we're gonna have to fight even harder because now that they, they know that they this know. is getting some traction, they're gonna really fight against it. So that's kind of the main um, things about the bill, but I'm curious to see what y'all think. And I know y'all um, are in a lot of different things and politics may or may not you know, be a priority, but what are y'all's kind of views on how does that affect what y'all do and how do y'all kind of develop tools around these things that are developing legislatively? Well, the first thing is if independent pharmacies don't succeed, we don't. So that, yeah. so right. yes, <laughs> we have a vested interest in, 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 in hope and, in, in, in watching that and making, doing our part, what we can to, to help that right. succeed uh, uh, for, for first and foremost. Yeah. I mean, I guess like from the DIR perspective, you know, you're right. What happens at the federal level always trickles down and, and Texas went heavily on the managed Medicaid piece. Yeah. What about yeah, they did. You know, five or six years ago? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, that was coming, right? So I, I think it's huge to protect against that. And, you know, just looking at how DIR fees affect pharmacies from a, an unpredictable manner, like, I think that's huge. Just well, being this, able to... Yeah, and it ruled out not just DIR, but GER. Right. So it, yes. it ruled out GER. So it's, DIR, I right. have to know yeah. at the time of adjudication what I'm getting paid. Right. You can't come back and you can't, mm -hmm. matter of fact, you can adjust it up. You can pay me more, but you can't adjust right. it down. Right. And, you know, and all these big surprises where it looks like it was okay and it's not okay. Right. And so I didn't call on it or didn't try to get a better price drug. Um, it, it, it claims that you have to have a, um, you have to have a price list. You have to show them what what you're going to pay them. They have to be the at you know, so uh, that I think that's bigger than just the dir fees. Right, it's the predictability. It's about the it. predictability of having because because the other your commercials aren't doing dir fees today, but they're certainly doing ger. Everybody's yeah, moving are. to ger. They're doing GR oh, yeah. And and that's super. And they're doing that. You know, the PBMs are doing that because that's how they're writing their contract. Mm -hmm. Right, they're writing. It with a couple of percentage points off between what yeah, they're paying what, you and what they're getting right, paid. Right. They have zero risk, and um. So I, I, I think it's it's super exciting. I mean, moving my first thought, hey, if it moved in that through that quickly, we didn't ask for enough, right? We, we should <laughs> ask for we should ask for more. Yeah. You, ever, you know, when you ask somebody, they go, "Oh, sure." You're sure. like, "Oh, wow, I should ask for more." I should ask for something. Um, but that's, oh no, this is yeah, this is a big step though, and it, it was really interesting too because like um, uh, you can you could see their their wheels turning though because we had um, it was really cool. So we had one of the board members, Jay Beach, who it actually is. 
um, the kind of like the head of their manage or uh, he works for HEB actually, and he's basically all in charge of their contracting and things. And so that really kind of caught their attention too. It's it's not just the small businesses that are you know hey like you know like look at us look at us make sure we get right. protected, which all, all of the legislatives always are you know at least publicly for small business. But then they were like hey. HEB's here, like this is a problem, right? And then also like, you know, I think Walmart and even Walgreens signed on to this as well saying, right. hey, we support this. And so, I mean, when you have not just, yeah. you know, independence, which, you know, we, you know, we love independence, that's great. But I mean, this is something that's affecting our whole profession and our whole industry. Right. The, that the, was right. really powerful. The PBMs me. can't be like, oh, that's an old business model and they're just dinosaurs. Right. This is everybody. This is right. a pharmacy. Right. Pharmacies coming yeah. out and saying you guys are bad. Now, how much yeah. of that do you think kind of – because it's it's a little surprising to come out of Texas where we typically don't do things like that. Mm -hmm. um, how much of that do you think is looking at, like, the success in Arkansas and Ohio with hey, – right. this was a clear win yeah. and it didn't result in the PBM saying, cool, we're just not going to do business with Ohio and Arkansas. Right, yeah. Right, like, states realized they had a lot more power than they thought. Yeah, and mm -hmm. now you know you pass it for the most part. It's good. Right. There's no, there's no mm -hmm. Supreme Court battle after this right. for the most part, you hope. And it gives the um, legislators a little bit more more to sink their teeth into as well. I think um, it actually must be pretty stressful, like for them to like. I it's almost like I, I picture them like an Indiana Jones when they're walking and trying not to step on a booby trap. Like you never <laughs> yeah, know yeah. when you're going to step on the wrong thing right. or tweet the wrong thing. And for them to have something that was unanimous within the Supreme Court, I mean. At least they know, all right, like yeah. we're not going to – if I make this decision, it's not going to come back to bite me because if it does, then every single Supreme Court justice is going to have to answer to them too. And so I think a lot of it is just giving them encouragement to say, hey, if you do this, you're going to – like HEB, who was like the hero of the hurricanes and sure, the, yeah, um, you know, of the snowpocalypse and things, they're on board. You have all these independent small businesses that are in your small rural and big city districts that are, are your constituents – and so I think a lot of them, they, they want like a slam dunk. They want something that they can feel good about. But it was really interesting. A lot of the senators and you can um, I'll send you all the link. You can listen back to what they said. But like um, I think specialty pharmacy was the biggest thing that they were concerned about. They were really? you know, a lot of the senators were engaged asking, well, who makes this list and how do you know what a specialty pharmacy drug is? And are you telling me that if if, if I needed a drug and went to my local store that I couldn't get it? And then, you know, our, our folks testifying said, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, yeah. if, if it was exactly on the specialty list and these are all arbitrary and, you know, I've even seen generic drugs on yeah, specialty pharmacies. Right. And like, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah it's moved London. to high price drugs. <laughs> yeah. Because right. yeah. they're, they're trying to preserve the high price for their mail order pharmacies. Exactly. Or, right. Yeah. Exactly. Like diabetes so drugs are on there. It's yeah. Crazy. I mean, it, yeah. It, it was one of those things where it was, it was just so bonkers where, you know, early on HIV therapy was probably a specialty disease mm -hmm, state, mm -hmm. right? It, it required some knowledge, make sure you didn't have any any problems with adherence, any kind of mutations. Now you've got these amazing drugs. You're like one pill a day and yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. You don't need to go to a specialty pharmacy for that. Like, I guarantee you, your local pharmacist can manage that without a problem. Mm. Mm. And that's what they kept asking. They said, well, what, what's special about these pharmacies? Like, well, if they're sending them to these special pharmacies, they must be special, right? Like, what extra training do they have that you don't? And, you know, Ben McNabb, um, uh, like, he was like, I went to UT pharmacy school. Like, you know, we're really highly trained. There's nothing 
different besides who owns the company, right? And yeah. um, and then this one senator asked, he was like, well, what kind of special equipment do they have to store these? You know, <laughs> do they have these ultra low freezers? And we were like, a lot of these are just stored in room on the shelf. No, yeah, they're on the shelf, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Or a regular like, refrigerator can fit on any shelf, you know. So um, it was really interesting, and like I, I always thought that they were going to focus more on the patient choice. Like I, I think a lot of people want, you know, don't tell me what to do, give me the freedom. Right. But they were really honed in on the specialty piece, and so um, I was really curious about that. And um, yeah, and did, especially because did you get to like um, watch it? Did you get to like watch it wash over them? Like. I can't find a reason themselves why yeah, these no, are they, excluded. They, they literally like couldn't wrap their head around it. It's like it's like when you explain DARs to people, and then Ben did. He mentioned he was like, "Hey, I'm losing X number of dollars a year, and I'm on track to lose, you know, forty percent more than I did last year." And then you know, Senator Corkhorse is a small business owner, and she said, "How hard is it to run a business without like what if you know my clients came back and literally just debited out money from my bank account?" at that amount, like right. how do you stay in right. business? And it's it's hard. I mean, we were talking like, you know, for a small pharmacy, probably a, an entire pharmacist salary or three or four technician salaries just in DIR fees. And, you know, how are you gonna run an ice cream shop if, you know, your customers come back and just steal, you know, 10% of your money back four months later because, you know, their ice cream wasn't up to standards. Like, it's just crazy to me. <laughs> the ice cream out at the right rate. I mean, I've had some substandard ice cream, so I, right. I get it. Yeah, but you didn't yeah, get your money fair. back. Yeah, I did not get my money back. <laughs> um, what's yeah. next for this? What's next for this bill? Like, what's the next step here after this? Yeah, and one thing I would encourage is like I'm learning as we go too. So like my big um, kind of hang up on this was like, well, I just don't know enough about politics, or I don't really know who the oh, senators are. That really doesn't matter. And so I'm kind of learning as we go. And so we're really going to need um, pretty much every farm. Like, I don't even care if you work at a chain or a independent, yeah. it's, it's the profession thing at this point, right? Like if people are complaining about being understaffed at chains and overworked and, you know, yeah, there's not enough jobs out there. This is the bill that's going to help that. And so the next step is now that it's out of committee, we need to make sure that enough senators sign on to support the bill okay. that the Lieutenant governor will have it be heard on the floor. And once it's put on the floor, it can be voted on. If it's voted on and passed in the Senate, then it goes to the House. And so kind of that first step is basically calling, you know, your senators that represent you in Dallas and in Paris and in San Antonio and saying, hey, I don't know if you know about this bill, but Senator Colecourse has this bill that's really good for patients and really good for independent pharmacies. And the small profession of pharmacy, pharmacy, yeah. And the profession of pharmacy. And they even, it was really cool. Um, they mentioned pharmacy deserts, how like it's important that if we don't do things to help out our, you know, our pharmacies, you know, she mentioned in Brenham, uh, independent pharmacy closed down that had been in business for 60 to 70 years. And a hundred percent, that's like what's happening. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it was super cool. Like I'm not really fired up about politics too much, but it was really cool seeing. And, um, uh, yeah, I was like really impressed with with just like the momentum and everything and, and props to TPA. Like, I mean, Debbie yeah, Garza is the CEO there true. and Texas Pharmacy Association has done a lot to bring pharmacy that is typically scattered in Texas together. And so I think it's that unified voice that's going to make a difference. Yeah, we need a, an Arkansas or an, Oklahoma, or an Ohio moment where you've got just like, yeah, that's yes. what I was going to say. This crowded is the plate. Texas's Arkansas moment or yeah. Ohio moment. Yeah. Who would have thought that we would have said this is our Arkansas time. moment. <laughs> right. Well, right? I know, right? <laughs> they, they, they paved the, that's the foundational work they did is making mm -hmm. this able to happen. So you're going to have and that. This is huge. Yeah, yeah. And think about Texas too, right? Like I think Texas, New York, Florida are like, you know, 
the most populous states out there. And so as California, Texas, and New York and Florida goes, so does everyone else, right? Like if, if, you know, West Virginia can look at Texas, they can be like, well, if Texas can do it, like, you know, yeah. why can't we do it? Right. Well, and some know, of really it, cool. you know, it, a it's lot of really, it, really cool. You know, and a lot of it comes back to what school, like textbooks schools use across the country yeah. are based heavily on how California and Texas and Florida go. Right. So yeah, a lot of the stuff that's, that's in those, you know, and th there's probably some, some possibility of saying, all right, if, if Texas does this thing, that's good for pharmacy, you're going to see a lot of other states follow suit just because, I mean, if you're a PBM and you manage like say, say Molina or somebody like they right. manage Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, right. and some other else, they're not going to make five formularies, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, they're right. going to make one. And if it manages Texas and covers 30 million people, that's what you're going to get. So this may yeah. have some carryover effect to some Even without states. the legislation side of things. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, and it was interesting too. I'm curious um, because y'all are in technology as well. Uh, one of the senators mentioned, she mentioned something about um, like the take it and leave it contracts being very similar to tech tech in the iPhone iOS updates where it's like either update or your phone will die basically, you know? And right. so she was very also concerned with that too, making sure that you have the ability to walk away from a contract, you know, and not be forced to sign it just because it's like, if I don't do this, I can't take care of, you know, 80% of my patients. Right. And when three PBMs cover most of the business in the state, you have mm -hmm. to have regulations that require, these are things you can't put in there. Yeah. Right. Because you can't say, Hey, I'm just going to give up 20% of my business because no I don't like mm -hmm. that. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're yeah. trapped. And, mm -hmm. uh, and it's a little, it's not a duopoly, but it's a, it has monopolist it, characteristics. characteristics right? yeah. um, and characteristics that harm the patient. patient. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because if, if I have to go somewhere else and get different care that's not coordinated with the rest yeah. of my care and, and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah. no, she's absolutely right. Yeah. And, and that's the being a carve out things like, hey, you can't tell me that a certain percentage of my business can't be through the mail. Yeah. Right. Right. In, because in a you have a mail. World, you, yeah, you have to have that choice. Like what if someone is immunocompromised? Yeah, You're saying that I can't mail them their medication right. just because it's in my contract, you know? Right. Or I'm 45 miles away just from because, just about any pharmacy yeah, just and I can't exactly. make it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, just because you're saying that, hey, if you mail it, it's going to come from me, not from them. Right, because my mail is going to be better. Right. You know, right. it should be the choose. My stamp is shinier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. My, my stamp is more supple. And <laughs> right. Stuff. So right. Which like, we know yeah. that's what not true. What are you true. talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you hope you see that state by state, that states yeah. come out with regulations that help with the contracts that say this can't be in there. Like forced arbitration. I think forced arbitration yeah. should be removed yeah. from. Because yeah. um, today as a pharmacist. You know, if you tried to to sue somebody for antitrust, you have to go to arbitration. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you win an arbitration, maybe you don't. Um, they've got a bunch of clauses in there that all, you know, lawyers always write stuff to protect themselves. And your only thing you can do is sign. You know, if you redline it and send it back, they're going to laugh at you. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then kick you out because you didn't sign it and you couldn't agree, right? Because you didn't sign yeah. the first one. Here's the deadline. That's it. You know, well, wow. you know, a lot of it was like, um, I, I can't remember which pbm did it but they said you know they were like we're gonna pick like five gpos and that's what you can do but not all of them live on the that. same right they all live in like different areas yeah yeah like, it's just weird that somebody else can, can tell you like how you should run your business or what you can and can't do yeah i think they picked mm -hmm. like four right. psaos or something like that or i can't remember what it was yeah yeah, yeah it's esi they separated the state into six different like regions and yeah, then you right. could only 
each PSAO was given, you know, five out of the six. So every single one was left out of one. So, oh. um, yeah, it was pretty messed up, but, um, it's yeah. like, I mean, but I mean, Russian roulette, PBM style. It's pretty creative. Yeah. It yeah. kind of gets back to you. Actually, Josh, I love like, um, what y'all talked about last time of like getting to basics. Um, it's kind of like the same thing of like, if we can get to basics to being compensated for our services, then we can start doing our e-care plans. We can start doing all these other things, right? Like if we're not paying, you know, you know, six figures in DIR fees, we can get that clinical, you know, um, time to, to, to work on these projects. And, um, I mean, I, I need to brag a little bit about y'all and the bulk upload, like talk about saving time. <laughs> like y'all, like it was nuts. Like I got back from uh, being on the road and just dove into that. I mean, like out of control, like efficient. It was so cool. So props to y'all. So the bulk I, of, I mean, what is the bulk upload just in case? Yeah. So the, the easy answer is it's the ability to take a, a, a CSV file or say a spreadsheet of patient information on it, the vaccine information, and even their third party run it through and the system will go in. If the patient exists, add the vaccine and add the third party. If the patient doesn't exist, we'll create the patient, create the vaccine, and then add that third party to the, the patient. And then the next step, you can go and mass complete them all and do, you know, a couple of thousand vaccines in a matter of minutes where what, two yeah, weeks ago, that was staying week. up till three and eight. Yeah. yeah. I, we were hearing yeah. about guys. I was up till like, 2am. I've received <laughs> yeah, like, way yeah. more emails from Mark at Oast at like 3am <laughs> than <laughs> I've ever received in my life. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I had some late night text messages as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, it's amazing, though. I mean, just um, like even like last week, I think we typed uh, we had one of our fastest typing technicians enter 100 vaccines, maybe. And it took him four or five hours because that's adding the patient to the profile, yeah. getting their insurance, typing the prescription, you know, like putting in the hard copy. And then it was beautiful because then I pulled up like a list of like 80 people yesterday and I said, hey, watch this. I like imported the CSV file and I hit patient match and I was like, all those patients are now created. And it literally like, he was like, dude, he was like, I always knew pioneer was amazing. He was like, I, this is, he's like, no words, man. No words. <laughs> no words. <laughs> no words. No words. I'm, get out of here with this. <laughs> it's crazy. No, but it's so true because then again, That's like, cool. like, you know, we were having to pull in pharmacy interns to type and complete oh, yeah, and sure. mess with labels. And now I can pull in students to give more shots. I can have my, you know, you know, you know, Mike is our med sync technician. Instead of spending four hours typing shots, like, you know, I could do, do that med in 10 again. minutes <laughs> and then now he can keep doing more med sync. You know, it's right. amazing. I mean, it's so cool. And like, yeah, props to y'all. And it's awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I think like I, I worked for Walgreens right out of pharmacy school and like, you know, at the time we still had a mid shift pharmacist and I had a couple of, it started getting a little staff light toward the end, but I don't think they actually want to run a pharmacy that way, right? Like, I don't think they want to make you fill 800 scripts a day by yourself, but there's certain, you know, there's margin pressures that even Walgreens is under that, you know, that's how they have to run it to make sure that they can still stay in business. And like all of those things kind of come back to, it, it's a way of being told that you can run your business or you just go out of business, right? And Walgreens isn't going to do that. So if you want to add more pharmacists to your staff and you want to be able to have more technicians, you know, that's why this bill is important. Yeah, that's why. What's that next step? Like right now, if I'm a Texas pharmacist, listen to this. What's my next step? Is yeah. that email and, 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 and hmm. call in a senator or a, 
or, yeah. or a district person to, to yeah for engage. sure i mean the main thing because it's in the senate is just i mean there's really good resources just to even look up like who is my senator in texas and right. it'll tell you and there's a phone number and just call and like even like this morning i just was like hey i'm gonna just thank senator Colcourse for how awesome she did called this friendly guy into the phone to you know senator Colcourse office and i was kind of like caught off guard because i was like oh a real person um, and i, <laughs> oh, I, I was like person. hey man i don't know who you need to say or tell but let her know that i'm super pumped up like i was super impressed with how eloquent she was and how passionate she was and i just want to say thank you and he was like noted i'll let her know and then i had literally like all my pharmacists do the same thing i had my pharmacist intern matt um do it too and um it was super it was super easy and then um, we're about to call our local senators here just to say, hey, I don't know if you know about this bill, but um, it's going to really re be a good thing for us and a good thing for your constituents. And so um, reach out to her or support it, please. And so that's the next step. And then um, kind of going from there, you know, and then and then show wow. up when it's on the floor. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a big deal. Yeah, we, um, you know, a few HEB pharmacists and like myself and um, a few, I think maybe like one other independent, we showed up, we just brought our white coats and just sat in the gallery and shows support and you know you type on a little iPad saying that like I like this bill and so I mean I think it it was easier for me to get into the Capitol than a Trader Joe's actually so I mean I, <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I just like it's you know true. you show your vaccine card and walk in and so I think there's a lot of just um, perceived barriers even for myself included about getting involved in politics and oh you know like I actually only have Twitter for um, funny memes and reaching out to senators and, and Congress <laughs> people because apparently they use Twitter. So, yeah, um, I mean, it's just really it's really interesting. And it's it's a fun time to get involved, especially when you have so much on the line, you know. Yeah. And this is an easy way to do it. Like you don't you, yeah. didn't, you didn't have to craft the bill now at this point. If you're oh. a pharmacist, pharmacist <laughs> owner, it's done for you. Yeah, you just need to go out there mm -hmm. and, 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 and keep shouting to support it. So, so what's next yeah, next just in not, like for not us, for the, pharmacy wise. Yeah, yeah, for next for your pharmacy. What, what's next yeah. for Terrytown? Um, so that's like the exciting part is like um, we've got to kind of figure that out. I think for us, I, I do want to do a lot of the back to basic stuff. So um, whatever, I don't really know exactly clinically what's next for us. We just got DSME accredited so that we can do Medicare diabetes education and get reimbursed by Medicare for that. Oh, cool. So I'm really working on how to make that um, break even and ROI worth it, you know? And so my pharmacist resident, Jess, did an awesome job at getting that all set up. And so I think that's really what's next. Um, to be honest, like, you know, yellow fever vaccine just became available. So I'm about to blow up the travel vaccine scene again. Um, nice. But yeah, so I think my big thing though is we have such a nice time where, um, you know, looks like vaccines are, are are at a lull testing is you know buttoned up and our crew is doing great with it and um, now I'm really just going to focus on the pharmacy of what can I improve where are the pain points how to make things more efficient because then when that next thing does pop up um, I was telling Matt this the other day it's like the biggest pushback I get from my staff is we don't have time we're too busy I don't want to blah 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 so I'm always thinking about how I can make more time for my staff and so then when I present them with something, it's like, hey, you know how you're just like sitting around from, you know, four to six because we're so efficient with MedSync and all of this stuff. That's what we're doing. Oh, and I guess the other thing, um, my big push is MedSync too. So right now we're at like 36%, 38% of all of our total volume of scripts MedSync. Nice. I want that to be in like the 80s 
um, nice. for sure. And so um, I think that's my big next step. Um, and I've already talked to my main MedSync um, kind of technician and he's, he's here for it. And again, the more time I can make for him, the more I can free up his time, the more like he's told me, he's like, dude, you give me the time, I'll do it. And so that's really it. Back to basics, getting MedSync buttoned up and then really trying to leverage um, the goodwill that we have um, with vaccines and testing. So um, just, yeah, just I'm excited, a little really bit. fun. And like part of it's like, I don't know, it's like, you know, COVID was such a world that you almost didn't have a, a choice of what you get, you got to do because you yeah, had to do this. True. And then now I'm like, oh, cool. I get to choose what we get to do again. But I mean, what do y'all think? I, any suggestions well, or what do y'all see on I the horizon? I don't think you'll find any arguments about getting your MedSync volume up for many of us. Yeah. Getting MedSync <laughs> up. You know, I think exploring different types of point of care testing yeah. and what's available there. You know, uh, interesting. That, so there's an Israeli company that has a, a CBC with two drops of blood. You know, wow. what, you know, what would be oh, the yeah, value huh. of doing yeah, a CBC saying. in the pharmacy? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, how could you get th those kind of things? How does mm -hmm. point of care testing relate to telehealth? You know, could yeah. you do any kind of relationship with telehealth providers where uh, you would do the point of care testing side of it for them? Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I, I read a, a thing the other day about, um, you know, the, the kind of concierge doctors are coming up you know, a lot more frequently. There's even like mm -hmm. companies of concierge, like Diamond Doctors yep. and things like that. Um, and they contract with a lot of people for like other random stuff. But one of the things they haven't really looked at yet, and one of the the concierge groups that I was reading about was they were talking to pharmacists about, you know, managing their patients that are like on a lot of medications. And mm. they're doing that mm. on a, it's cash, right? It's per member right. per month, yeah. right? Like he's, oh, these are my wow. high risk patients. So I was like, dude, that that would be really cool for somebody to. It, you know, if you have to be in the right area, right? Sure. You, can't yeah, be, you have to have enough density, right, right. with that patient population. Um, but you know, and like even yeah. the same thing with like DSME. You know, now mm -hmm. that COVID's come and gone in the come and gone in the Texas sense, um, you know, the things that haven't gone are the the ability to do a lot of that stuff via telemedicine. Yeah. Right. And so DSME counseling one on one, there's no way for a pharmacist to do that and make mm -hmm. money. Right. But if you can no. do that in a class that's virtual that, you know, or yes. have like an LPN help, like I think there's a lot of attractive ways to do stuff like that. Well, or you could do I'll it in a, in a group, like right. a Weight Watcher style right. too. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that's how the DSME program um, kind of like um, uh, done. You do a one-on-one -on -one visit for your initial visit and it's right. a group up to 20 people. And so um, what's cool about this is I, I, I like scalable things. Um, the one thing I've had an issue with, with like, you know, just independent pharmacy is that, you know, you have 99% of your business within like a five mile radius or whatever. Right. right. And mm -hmm. so how do you scale? And then telehealth is it right. So if I can, and it's Medicare, it's federal, right? So I don't care if they're in Arkansas or Alaska or Florida, yeah. I'm going to have 20 open positions for DSME and jump on and we'll chat with them get a pen pal from California. I don't like whatever, right? There's so many people in Texas, but what's nice about the DSME program is it's scalable. And so I need to figure that out. And especially now that they have these kind of temporary COVID telehealth um, allowances, um, hopefully those will become permanent, but until then try to figure it out. Um, so yeah, that's super exciting. And then the point of care test, actually we had that for a while. We we did all the point of care testing and we partnered with a telehealth um, company out of Austin um, and we did the strep and flu test and then we bounced them to the provider. They did the visit and then they sent us the script, but then they kind of went corporate and then sold out and now they're only dealing, dealing with like big companies. Oh, so I need chains. to go find a new company again. So they won't <laughs> but, work with you anymore? 
They won't anymore. They said they, they're no they're they're moving away from the individual business model and focusing on large providers. Um, so that would be like they were they're going to work with big employers to to do all of their telehealth. And so um, yeah, hmm, it was kind of funny. I got this like really kind of cold email, and I was like, oh bummer. We've been cool. working with them for like four years, and it was great. But now. Um, I know there's other telehealth companies out there that would probably work with us. Um, yeah, send so, me a yeah. send me an email and tell me who that was. Yeah, I will. I will definitely. Yeah, because it was amazing. I mean, they were so helpful, so great. They even built us our own QR code that um, our patients got sent to this top of the list. I mean, it was really really cool. Oh, that's um, nice. But yeah, if we can, I mean, I loved working with them, and it was really our patients loved it too because. They build medical insurance. Did they build insurance? So yeah. They okay. did. Yeah. So uh, we yeah. did the point of care test ca cash, and then they build insurance for the, for the visit, and they sent the script to us. So we got the cash point of care test. Um, they did the visit, sent the script, and we still filled the script. And so, right. and plus, we could tell, we could swab the patient, tell them to go home, and I delivered it um, to them later. So it was an awesome experience versus going to the urgent care. Yeah, that's care, a really you know? cool experience right. for a patient. So what's the first trade show you're going to go to? Yeah. Um, well, been. I was looking forward to Pioneer because I was, I was thinking <laughs> yeah. about that. <laughs> Too that I guess, Knew that was coming. That hurt I, a little. But I guess the first trade show I'll go to is the first one that they have in person. Yeah, <laughs> right. first one I can. <laughs> Maybe NCPA. I don't know. Yeah. 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 What about y'all though? What I mean, what I mean, do you think NCPA will be in person? Yeah, I, mean, I think NCPA is going to happen. I think the yeah. first one we're going to is in Florida. I think it's in Florida, right? Yeah. And oh, we are cool. like, Marsha called me the other day. He's like, "Hey, y'all sure y'all still have this person?" They're like. We've had all ours in person. Florida's, <laughs> Florida's kind of open. A little wild west out there. <laughs> Florida's motto is, yeah. hold my beer. We, right. we, we haven't closed any of them. We, we, had, we had 75 at our one last year. So That's funny. They're like, uh, did you see Tampa Bay after the Super Bowl? Yeah. That's awesome. But I'm really excited to get back to it. I mean, yeah, I miss all of y'all. And I love, yeah, Connect and getting to get inspiration from everyone, especially now. Like, I'm so curious to see, like, what people have been doing during the pandemic. That's why I love chatting with like y'all and Mark and Scott. And then, you know, I mean, it's just really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, it's going to be some interesting conversations. Yeah. It gets the creative juices yeah. flowing. Right. Well, you know, and the, the yeah. wildest part is, you know, it was just talking to you know, Scott and Rannon and Mark, all three doing a just boatload of testing and vaccines, all three doing it totally differently. Right. Mm -hmm. Various degrees of that's what makes our job hard. <laughs> yeah, what, that is true. That's what, what makes, makes our job hard. Good for them. Hard yeah. For yeah. Us. Yeah. But it's just interesting. You know, like that's you, the, you talking three, about that landmine thing right. we were talking about yeah. earlier as senators. Yeah, that's yeah. building pharmacy software. Right. What? I know. But that's why I think it's so good about Pioneer too, is that like it's like it can some people might see it as like a, a con, like to be so customizable, but I think that's the best thing about it because you have all these people that are thinking differently, but the software is moldable enough to make it work you know, for us. And so what works for us might not work for someone else. Um, it might be hard for the person that doesn't have the time to invest in it. But like, I mean, you know, it's like we all drive a Ferrari, but we're, we're shifting gears at different times. Right. And right. so all the equipment's the same, Sports but just because mode. we're, you know, shifting at different gears, like, I mean, I think y'all are a Ferrari or whatever. I like that. I like too. I am thinking this, the sports mode. Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Aston or whatever, but yeah, but we're all just. Shipping I don't know, but I, I start thinking, yeah. you know, it, we're, we're no, we're we're like a uh, double duty Ford, right? 
<laughs> yeah, there's some fun, but we're getting With, like, it done. With like this big work bed. And That's right. Got the big, I got all your got, tools got in the it. Big, got all your tools in there. <laughs> you're you're like, gonna G-Wagon. Yeah. When, when you're, when you're style, hauling something that needs to be hauled, you, you're going to want <laughs> okay. you're gonna want that big, you know. <laughs> we can have a branding. Like, that right that dually yeah. kind yeah. of thing going on. Extra wheels. You know, <laughs> turbocharged. It's <laughs> <laughs> got a yeah. 6.2 liter Cummins turbo diesel. Right. right. Yeah, that's what I'm talking that's about. Dodge. I know. <laughs> I, I don't, I get Ford, I Ford has their own that's engine. Amazing. So, you know, you can't really throw that around. That's true. That's true. Well, I think we're out of time. Yeah, we enjoyed it. How fast that went by! I, I see why you got a. I, I see why you got a. Uh, That's why he's a repeat. A repeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's on repeat. Like, encore, encore, encore. He's on repeat. Oh. So Brandon can be our first repeat and our first three peat. Yep, yep, yep. He will be. <laughs> he will be. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we just hit point of care testing very briefly, but I mean, yeah, I could talk to y'all for forever, but so, no, I really appreciate y'all. For no, sure. thanks for having appreciate me. Appreciate you and your time and your enthusiasm. Yeah. Uh, you know, oh my goodness, if we could make a, a you know, 10,000 of you, we would just <laughs> fix it all. So, yeah, but, uh, and look forward to seeing you again. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Next time in Dallas, I'll come by. Um, yeah, I think I'll be in Dallas in a few weeks. So I'll, I'll pop in and say, Hey, yeah, right. that'll be yeah. great. And next time awesome. I'm in Austin, I'll pop in and say hi and yes, uh, I'll definitely. go harass Matt, whether he's still at Terrytown or at his right. uh, family's pharmacy. And I don't know if cool. it, it'll make the uh, the cut, but um, that, that bottle of Eagle Rare is still being guarded fiercely. Oh, so. <laughs> oh yeah, he was the intern. Yeah, oh, man. He knows how to make a good impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, if that led him, to, if that led him to Terrytown, hey, he was smart. Yeah, on the, yeah. Good for him. On the Eagle Rare. It's a good move. <laughs> All right, thanks. Brandon, thank you for everything, thanks, man. All right. All right. Bye. See ya. Thank you for watching the Catalyst Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider liking, subscribing, and or following us. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts to help us reach more amazing pharmacy people like you. Follow Pioneer RX on your preferred social media platform for the latest up-to-date pharmacy news and content.